So I choose to be the lightning rod, to let the, these things that are larger than me pass through me and do the best to continue to move through it by remembering to box breathe, by remembering to figure out what the story in my brain is telling me to see if it's true or not, by taking the time to say, is this worth my time and energy? And it's been one of the best things I've ever done. And it doesn't mean that I live in absence of fear. It means that I'm able to see it for what it is, which 99% of the time, it's garbage. It's it's the stupidity that my brain is telling me that means nothing. And every time I'm afraid of something, and then I and I really then I go do it, and I look back on it, I'm like, why was I afraid of that? Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, Night Shift Emergency Physician, Burnout Thriver, and Wellness Champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. Here. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom fam. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have with us Clint Callahan, and he's going to tell us all about who he is and what he is up to. Take it away, Clint. Okay, well, I'll just throw me right into the deep end. Excellent. Uh, my name <laughs> yeah, yeah. is Clint Callahan. Uh, I am a therapist and life coach. I've been a therapist for 23 years, and I just got into life coaching. I recently wrote a book on uh, how to beat burnout in 15 minutes a day, and I'm just trying to get people to recognize uh, what burnout actually is, which is it's not about work. It's about all different areas of your life, and it just ends up that we tend to see it most at work because our livelihood is in jeopardy. But really, it starts out at the very beginning in about four different distinct phases. Awesome. Awesome. And then so you have to tell us, how did you get into this work? Sure. Uh, well, let's see. I was, when I was born, I weighed one pound, 15 ounces. So I I'm not technically supposed to be here because that was 47 years ago. So they didn't have all the wonderful technology they have now to help babies that are that small survive and thrive. So I've always been told by my by my parents and stuff that I was really lucky to be around. And so because of that, it you know just kind of instilled this sense of purpose in me, which when you're a kid, it's kind of a lot to have. And so from that, it kind of led into that I then went in, you know, elementary school middle school, high school, I was bullied a lot as a kid just because I was, you know, I was a kid. You know, that's what happens when you're a kid sometimes is people figure out a way that, oh, you're the one that we can bully and they do. And so as a kid, when I was mm -hmm. younger, the the dynamics of the group were in the group, it was, it was bullying, but with individual friends, it was not bullying, which made it really confusing with yeah. that process. But that yeah. then gave me made me anxious, depressed, a people pleaser, all these different things happened because of that. And then 
I had somatic symptoms of anxiety so bad that I was physically ill and I would miss school, like a lot of school from about third through sixth grade because I was so anxious about going to school and being around the bullies that I couldn't function. And so eventually that flipped to just being angry all the time. And that's when my parents were like, okay, so it's not a it's not a medical thing going on with you. It's you know, they thought, oh, the the your weak your immune system is weak because you were born premature or something like that. But then when it switched to anger, they're like, oh, this is not that. Because I didn't tell them I was being bullied because no one said I should do that. Right. So when they figured it out, they then put me in therapy when I was around 12 years old. And therapy was this thing that gave me the knowledge that there's words for the stuff I was feeling, that there was more than three feelings of being happy or angry or sad. And so that is the thing that led me into and just falling in love with just mental health and with psychology and with understanding why people do what they do based on how they how they think about things, how they perceive things, and those different that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Not fantastic that you got bullied, but <laughs> fantastic that you had a breakthrough like that. Because I mean, the thing about it is that like good on your parents for figuring that out, like getting you into therapy, because that's uh that's not always the first thing that people think about to no. do. So it's good that they thought about that and then. Uh, you said, as you said, 47 years ago, I was like, wow, he's, we're like really close in age. <laughs> yeah. So you're 76 and I was 75 probably. That's right. Um, but um, yeah, no, back then there really wasn't a lot of as many advances in neonatal care as mm -hmm. there are now, which, you know, yeah. so yes, indeed you were a miracle baby. <laughs> yeah. And um, I found a, uh, amazing. Uh, uh, a journal that my mom kept when I was a baby yeah. and one of the most fascinating things was so one of the hard things for me throughout that was I've never really liked people touching me without my permission because sure. my brain always picked it up as danger 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 and I realized now because when I went back through her through her journal there was a thing in there that just really struck me like oh wow this is what why I feel that way and because for the first four months of my life I was a clinical object to be saved by doctors handling me. So I wasn't held, I wasn't nurtured, I wasn't, it wasn't those kind of things. It was surgery, needle pricks, uh, oxygen tubes, being moved and wiped down, you know, quickly and roughly while they're helping, working through all the other babies in the neonatal care unit, all those things. And that caused my nervous system to really not want to be touched because my mom wrote, one of the hardest things is whenever I put my hand in the incubator, he shies away like I'm going to hurt him. And it was like, I didn't know that that was the reason why I didn't like all that stuff for 45 years. And then I got trained in EMDR. And when I went through EMDR, I decided I want to look at that thing. Why is that thing going on? And so the entryway was when I was like a couple of weeks before that, my old, my youngest kid jumped up behind me and grabbed me and gave me a hug and told me he loved me. I lost it because oh, really? it was because it, it because it scared the crap out of me in a way that I that I couldn't I, I didn't really understand because it was such a oh, visceral okay. reaction of right, right. I'm in physical danger. And so when I went through EMDR, I used that as the entry point and it worked. I don't feel that way anymore i recognize now where we went through the process and at the end of it the way I, thing i wanted to change in my brain was he didn't 
hug me to scare me or hurt me. He did it because he loved me. And then the last right. thing that popped in my brain, completely unbidden, was, and the doctors didn't weren't trying to hurt me either. They were trying to save my life. And it was like completely changed everything for the way that I function in the world now. It, wow. It, there's like fire ants are under my skin when people want to hug me anymore. It, it's such a fascinating thing. That is very fascinating. Wow. I mean, and then for it to happen so many years, you know, yeah. I had, it's like, it just, it just goes to show the rewiring process can happen at any time if you take the time to do it. And that's the thing I love about this stuff is that you can heal pre-verbal trauma if you have the right tools to do it. Because I didn't know that that was going on. I didn't recognize or realize that. It just, it was that confluence of events, right? Where Right. I found that I found that journal while I was going through this, which then gave me that insight, which then allowed me to go through that process and change my life. So. Wow. Wow. That is an incredible <laughs> story. That's an incredible story. And then so so you your your life was sounds like forever changed by therapy. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that twice. things went better for <laughs> More you in school. Twice. All right. <laughs> So then you you decided to give back mm -hmm. through the same okay yeah and yep. then and um, I was well, how what, what age did you decide that was that high school or? Uh, well when I was uh, so let's see I was about fifteen when I decided I wanted to do I wanted to do something in mental health so the first thing I wanted to do is I wanted to be an FBI behavioral profiler and catch serial killers for a living yeah 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 but yeah. then I went and worked in a maximum security prison when I was um. When I was getting my master's and I was like, no, I don't want to keep my brain with their brains because that stuff is too dark and I don't like that. I like being positive and helping people, not not trying to chase down people that hurt people. And so that changed yeah. the way that I view things. And I started doing um, clinical therapy and I started working with, I've worked pretty much with everything from HIV AIDS to addiction to, um, you know, every mental health disorder you can think of. I've worked with everybody. And what I found is that it really comes back to for most people, it's about recognizing and owning what's going on so that they can then fix it. And But it's finding the right people to do it. And that's the thing that's the hardest right now in the world today is there's a shortage of good mental health professionals that are well-trained to be able to provide a multi-adaptive modality to help someone work through stuff. Because when I work with people, I don't just do cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't just do... EMDR. I don't just do one or two types of therapy. I basically take all the stuff that I know and I do whatever I can and mix it up and give it this, give it the old college try pretty much right. to get them to have that breakthrough. Because yeah. once they begin to have that breakthrough and they see the change, they can change. And that's the stuff that I love. That's why I love doing this work. And it's one of the reasons why I decided to get into life coaching is because I really want to help more people be able to get that experience of recognizing that I can change if I change my story, if I change my viewpoint, if I understand the stuff that's going on inside of me, the biological mechanics of fear, if I understand that and how that then affects how the psychology works with fear and how that all relates to our emotions and creates this just constant effect that we get stuck in. Mm. Yeah, I love I love that you um <clears throat> you're looking at it from that that standpoint, um because it you know fear is a funny thing like it's uh 
it can be it can be a driver towards you know a, accomplishing things and it yeah. can also be a crippler hundred <laughs> oh, so, percent and so, that's yeah, one no. of the things right i i really like i like using i like teaching showing people the feelings wheel but I actually modified the feelings wheel to where in the center of it instead of it just being the seven core feelings sticking together I stuck yeah. F-E-A-R, the acronym for fear, the false evidence appearing real in the yeah, center yeah. of it. Because that's yeah. really where most of the feelings start from is our perception, which is filtered through our lens of survival. Because ultimately, that's what human beings do, is we figure out a way to adapt and survive in any situation. But in order yeah. to do that, the fear story has to keep us safe. But that fear story also can paralyze us, can get us into trouble, can make us super angry, can make can do all these different things in a way that causes you to get stuck. And that's what I really want people to understand is and it doesn't take it doesn't take 10 years, 20 years to break out of right. that cycle. Yeah. You can break out of the cycle in just doing small things every day, because that's what that's basically what my life coaching course and what my therapy practice, what I do is I teach people how really simple 15 minute a day techniques that they can use to be able to break through that process and tame the biological body part of it. And then the psychological body part of it to calm their nervous system, to calm their thoughts, to become rational again. Because in those moments when we're soaked in fear and all those wonderful neurochemicals that are designed for 250,000 years ago when bears were trying to eat us, Right. That that doesn't need to be the way it is. And so there's lots of different things that you can do. One of my favorite things to teach people is the most basic thing, which is breathing. I teach them box breathing. That's the first thing I teach any client that I talk to is box breathing. I love box breathing because it soothes the parasympathetic nervous system in a way that like nothing I've ever seen. And and what is what is that? that. I'm not familiar with it. So what 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 is it exactly? So what box breathing is, box breathing is when you take a deep breath in for four seconds and then you hold your breath for four seconds and then you breathe out for four seconds and you hold empty for four seconds and then you do that four times. And because what that does is that because when you're when you're in fight or flight mode, you're using about a quarter third of your lungs where you're breathing super fast to try to hyper oxygenate your body so you can run and fight and change your own life. So by changing your breathing, when you're in the middle of this fear story, you're telling your body, stop. There is no tiger. There is no, there is no danger. There's no physical stuff that's coming to hurt you because our body only has one response to fear. And that is let's get super strong. Let's get, (laughs) let's run. Let's freeze. Let's fold. Let's fight. Let's do one of these things. It has, that's the only protocol it knows. It's the only thing it does. And that's all it does. So you could get an email from your boss that says, Hey, I want to talk. And your brain yes. immediately goes into, Oh no, I'm going to be <laughs> fired. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to be dead under a bridge in a week. And it's like, uh, Whoa, so how do we go from whoa, that to that? that went fast. <laughs> but yet how often do we do that? That's, oh, it's, that's it's, what yeah, that's, that sounds like is. about right. <laughs> Yeah. And and that's the thing is that's the difference because people don't understand when they think of fear, they always think of, oh, it's the story in my head. It's the things that my brain is telling me, but it's not. Fear is 80% from the neck down. Fear is the body response. 
And then the story in your brain latches on to the body response and creates the cycle that you get stuck in. So if you can tame the 80%, which is your body by box breathing and slowing yeah. down your heart rate and stopping the, the adrenaline, cortisol, all these different systems from dumping into your body, then you will be able to slow down. It stops the parasympathetic response, which is the most amazing thing. Whenever I teach people this and they do it for the first time, they're like, that's witchcraft. Are you teaching me voodoo? How does that work? <laughs> There's no way that that could possibly work that well. I'm like, well, but you did it. And it did, right? And they're like, yeah, and that, that, that's insane. How can that do that? Because it's science. And that's why, that's why I love science because it's proven. It works. It yeah, shows yeah. you. This is able. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show, and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. So one of the things that I teach people is that first I have them do box breathing, and then I have them do journaling. I have them then write out the fear story in their head. So the box breathing takes about a minute and 20 seconds. Then I have them journal for about two minutes of just putting the actual story right down the insanity that's in your brain on a page. Okay. Then go and exercise. Go do something to change the way your blood is flowing to get the adrenaline where it belongs, to get it out of your guts, to get it out of your heart, to get it out of your lungs, to get it out of your brain, get it to your extremities. Because when adrenaline is in your brain, it does the craziest thing. It speeds up your brain to make you think faster, but it makes everything seem slower. So now when you're anxious, that one second feels like 10 seconds. So when a minute goes by, you're like, I have to have been stuck in this hell for at right. least 10 minutes. Yeah. No, it's literally been about a minute, but you feel that way because the adrenaline changes the way your brain processes the world around you. So you breathe, you write, you exercise, and you go back and you read what you wrote. If you still even kind of believe what you wrote, do it again. Because that means the fear isn't out of you. That means the adrenaline isn't out of you yet. So right. read some more, write some more, exercise a bit more, and come back. Each one of these takes about five minutes to do that cycle. So in about 10 minutes, you can change the way you're reacting to the situation, to the world around you by doing those things because it hits you from a parasympathetic level, from a from your from your cognitive level, from the way you're thinking about it, and from a physical level because you've changed the way your body is processing all the hormones in your system. Not as great. 
That's very practical. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 really practical because like, you know, obviously this podcast is about facing fear, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. you know, to for you to share something like that, that's very practical and and like, uh, how do you say, like easily adaptable, like something that you mm-hmm. can actually like action, like, like yeah, like a kind of a call to action, like you could literally yeah. do this, like you can do this next opportunity yeah. that you feel this, and so that's that's really awesome. That's awesome. And I have I have a little uh, poster thing that I can send you that has the steps on it that you can put out there for people if they want it. Okay, yeah, that'd be great. For all my clients, be because it's the practicality of it is the thing is I love practical stuff because I don't need theory. I need actionable results. I don't need you to tell me, oh, if you breathe, you'll feel better. Well, okay, how am I supposed to breathe? Oh, if you write there. a journal, yeah. you'll be better. Okay, well, what am I supposed to write? Well, you're supposed to literally write the the stuff in your brain that's making you feel this way. You're supposed to put it there and see it because when it comes into your eyes, it has to go through logic to get back to the feeling side. So you recognize mm-hmm. it for what it is, which is it's stupid. Most of the time, the fear story we tell ourselves is 99.9% wrong right. every single mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to end up dead under a bridge. That's not going to happen unless you really, really try. Yeah, you have to really world. try. You really you gotta really try. try. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta really try. That's true. Oh my goodness. So tell people how they can get with you. Like, do you do like virtual coaching or no? Yes, yes, I do virtual coaching. Uh you can find me a couple of different places. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, which has all my stuff. Uh, it's at small changes big impact dot the number four and the letter U. Uh you can also find me online at smallchangesbigimpact.net and you can find me there as well. I also have my book, which also has, you can find me there too because I put in QR codes and everything so people can come and talk to me for 15 minutes if they want to. And my book is uh, on Amazon. It's called Beat Burnout in 15 Minutes a Day, How to Prioritize Yourself Without Losing What Matters Most. And that the book basically has all the same stuff. It's all about practical tools that you can do to figure out how to beat these different things. Because I put it as burnout because that's the end result when you don't do these things. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's not just about burnout. It's about all the feelings, all the thoughts, all the stuff that you that everybody tries to process through every day. Because the thing that people often forget is life is literally a thousand choices a day that are either yes or no. Did right. you do it? Yes or no. That's what it is. And that's the stuff that we forget. The thing I love most is when you tell someone, if you think about it, the moment your alarm goes off, you have your first choice of the day. Do I hit the snooze button or not? Right up. And, if I, and if I hit the snooze button, depending on how long I'm snoozing for, that now sets me back on my timetable for the day, 5, 10, 15 minutes. And yeah. then... I wake up and now I'm a little more stressed out because I don't got as much time to get ready. And then, and yeah. then, and then. Yeah, it just escalates. It does. Well, mm-hmm. Yes, all the choices. <laughs> I keep telling my all children the that. <laughs> I'm like, your choices matter. Yes, it oh, is. Oh my gosh. Decisions, decisions. And then so, um, so now, so, so they can reach you through the website. You said there's a QR. Website, for, through Facebook, for through Instagram. Or okay, they, can, awesome. you know, they can get it through the book. They can find me awesome. pretty much just look for me. Just look for Clint Callahan. You'll find me. 
there is a dentist in my area, but I'm not a dentist. I'm a therapist. <laughs> and and then are you i mean so you have all these um you have all these tools now that allow for you to face your fears um mm-hmm. are there any fears that you're currently currently tackling oh yes the fear that this business is going to fail the fear that i'm going to screw up my contaminant public hopefully not screw up my kids so bad i'm you know i mean you know the fear that uh you know, with all the stuff going on in the world, with all the military stuff going on, this economic stuff, there's all kinds of fear out there. And But it always comes back to, it comes back to a quote that one of my, my crisis intervention therapy teacher taught me. It's one of the few things that I really remember from graduate school. <laughs> and it was, you have two choices in life. You can either be a lightning rod or you can be the one holding the lightning rod. You can tell the difference if you smell Kentucky Fried Chicken. So I choose to be the lightning rod, to let these things that are larger than me pass through me and do the best to continue to move through it by remembering to box breathe, by remembering to figure out what the story in my brain is telling me to see if it's true or not, by taking the time to say, is this worth my time and energy? And it's been one of the best things I've ever done. And it doesn't mean that I live in absence of fear. It means that I'm able to see it for what it is, which 99% 99% of the time, it's garbage. It's it's the stupidity that my brain is telling me that means nothing. And every time I'm afraid of something, and then I and I really then I go do it, and I look back on it, I'm like, why was I afraid of that? That, <laughs> that was not as fearful as I thought it was going to be. But yet this tells me, no, no, you're going to die if you do this, because that's mm. the survival instinct piece that. I don't want you to die because if you're dead, so am I. So we got to keep going. So we're going right. to be safe by nature. <laughs> Preservation. Of everything. Oh my gosh. That's so, so true. Wow. That's amazing. So um, are you like passing the, these tools on to your children? Yes. When they listen, they're teenagers now. So now, oh, it's, so kinda like, definitely yeah, not listening. now it's kind of like, yeah, whatever, dad. What do you yeah. know? But I still mm-hmm. make them do it even when they don't want to. So it's going to get in there by osmosis if I have to. I have oh, to go. Stick, stick a book under their pillow and see if it absorbs into their brain <laughs> that good. way. But they're, they're both teenage boys. So, you know, nothing can hurt me. Nothing's going to yes, happen. I'm afraid I'm of invincible. nothing. Everything yes. is awesome. And I'm the best thing ever. And it's like, okay, you keep that up. I'm looking forward to seeing if that happens. And that's, you know, <laughs> that's, part of, that's part of being a parent is you do your best to teach your kids what you know. And most of the time they're rolling their eyes at you going, uh-huh, yeah, what do you know, old man? But but they do <laughs> listen though, they listen. And it's yeah, it's funny do. because it's, you know, it's like after the fact and they will never admit that you're correct, oh, you know? No. So somebody else will tell them the exact same thing and they'll be like, yeah. my mom, my dad used to always say that. And they're like, yeah. yeah. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I think I want to do that. I mean, it took me until I was 26 before I finally said, dad, I apologize. For all saying all these things to you, because now the full frontal logic circuits of my brain have kicked in, and I recognize that I was an idiot for the last decade. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny! <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I think that's a universal theme. To be honest. <laughs> oh yes, it is. <laughs> We're dealing with that right now in our house. But, um, you know, this has uh, been such a great conversation, Clint. I really appreciate you sharing uh, the practices as well, because I think 
that's yeah. you know it's really nice to have like uh not really a deliverable, but to have like something tangible, you know, from, yeah. from the, con from the conversation. So I thank wow. you for that. And, you yeah. know, we're at that part of the show where we have a tradition yeah. and it's the fill in the Ooh. blank. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Yes. Okay. You're awesome. All right. So the first one is if I am fearless, I will. Do what needs to be done. All right. All right. The next one is to me. Fearless freedom means being able to walk through fire to help people without being burned. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And then last but not least, my battle cry is bring it. Bring it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and you have to let us know again how we can reach you on socials and sure. the name of your book. Yes. Uh, you can find me again on Facebook and Instagram at smallchangesbigimpact. The number four and the letter U. Uh, you can find my book on Amazon at Beat Burnout in 15 Minutes a Day: uh, How to Prioritize Yourself Without Losing What Matters Most. And you know you can also find me online at smallchangesbigimpact.net. You can just look me up as uh, I'm. I think on Amazon I'm uh, Clint Callahan uh, LCSW, and you can find okay. me that way too but you can find awesome. me online that way as well. And, you know, I just want people to know that you can change your life in 15 minutes a day. I've done it. I've been burned out. I've been through fear. I've done all these things. And it's it's better to help people. And it's better to, to change the axiom of hurt people, hurt people, to help people can help people. Because that's what it is. Because that's, that's what you want to do. Absolutely. Awesome, 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 awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us on the podcast and taking time out of your day to share with us. We really appreciate it and appreciate the pearls that you dropped. Uh, and I'm sure that we're going to be utilizing those. I'm already thinking about how I can like box breed things. <laughs> when, <laughs> when and how, I just have to remember how to do it. So that's fantastic. Um, four, four, and four, right? Four, 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 I guess. Four, 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 four. Just remember the box. All right, got it. Got it, got it, got it.